Okay, I know it's a weird time. We uh, weren't going to do a show at all, but we want, we're going to go ahead and do a show. And we're just live on the phone mic here. So this is going to be, we'll see how this works out. We're going to do our This Week in Outrage little segment here. And uh, it might be a short one, too, because I don't know how much stuff we have. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this is our little little chat show where we talk about stuff that happened this week and see if anything's interesting. Maybe maybe there's some outrage or something. So this is different than the Outrage Overload podcast, which is a science podcast about outrage in society, outrage in politics, and lowering the temperature. And that show comes out about every two weeks. It's a long format podcast scripted with also with the interviews with researchers and scientists and stuff like that about sort of the science of outrage and how we can maybe cope better cope with it and what's going on in our brains and that kind of thing so so here we are this week in outrage hey there lise hi baby hey so uh you have a big list of things because we weren't going to do a show so i didn't even barely make a list <laughs> well how are you doing this week pretty awesome and a nice little little mini vacation middle mm -hmm. mini vacay we're still kind of in it we're yeah. still in it it's been nice. It's nice been to spend time with you. Check out another city. Check out another city, yeah. Have some um, fun. Yeah, it's also kind of um, nice to get away with from some of the stuff we've been dealing with lately. Um, but I just I came across a story that made me very sad. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> what do we got? Well, um, the... Uh, this, the, it's a uh, it's a sad story about a um, mayor of a small town in um, Ohio. Okay. Ohio. Um, uh, he's also the mayor. He's also a um, oh no, sorry, Alabama. Alabama, <laughs> Ohio, same difference. <laughs> yes, he's um. A local business owner, the mayor, and a pastor. Okay. Oh, I think I might have seen this story. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, where he um, he uh, unalived himself when um, he was outed as being um, a transgender. So there's two things I wanted to talk to you about in this. Okay. First of all, it's really sad in that um, once that he was discovered by his community that him, he liked to dress up and... They keep saying in this article, they keep calling him a transgender. That sounds more like maybe just, He's just cross a cross-dresser. Yeah. So my question to you is when did transgender and cross-dresser become the same thing? Isn't it part of how you self-identify? Isn't that Yeah. Difference? Yeah. So if, I don't know if he didn't. Maybe they're just using that language because it's more dramatic in this case. Yeah. and I Or think... maybe he self-identified that way at some point. I don't know. Well, I think it could have could have gone well. They were doing a wellness check on him, but they were trying to pull him over in his car. And when he pulled over, he stepped out and, and um, shot himself. Um, but he had a um, an Instagram account under a pseudonym where he would dress as a woman and he'd have um, makeup on. Okay. And, um, and that's all been, of course, deleted and taken down. Um, but I guess he referred to himself as a transitioning transgender curvy girl who loves smiling clothes and shoes. Um, 
and that his they said his newest wife knew about the activities and it was just an online hobby um so he i guess he referred to himself as a transgender but okay so that's why then right but i'm saying he weren't he wasn't a transgender he was a crossdresser but then no, but it's, i started it's to think i started to think that we haven't used that term crossdressing hasn't been used right it's, it's not you don't hear it as much but generally i think when people are saying they they're crossdressers they're usually hetero and they just like to crossdress right uh whereas trans is usually they like to li they're living their life as that yeah. other gender right but he just he it was a hobby he says that he has a hobby that he does inside his own home so that would be a crossdresser but he called himself transgender but he did saying so that says that's why everyone else is calling him says that this what, is, re, re, say again what he what that he was a, called himself and say um the article included a screenshot in which he refers to themselves they, they call him they're calling them themselves and because of, okay in this kind of as quote transitioning transgender curvy girl that loves smiling clothes and shoes so he did refer i mean so they did return to themselves transitioning, so. well but but he wasn't transitioning okay because so he was still the, the he was said. still the mayor he was still the pastor and then in here it says too that um he said it's just a hobby that i have inside my own home that does not travel outside my home and that what he did in his private life had nothing to do with what I do in my holy life. Which it's, sounds more like cross-dressing. Right. So this is very... But again, this he is, identified that way. So. Right. But this is very sad. But I also say this it is... It is very sad. This is a confusion, though, that we have. Right. Um, well, these... Yeah. It's very because trans... It's very confusing. Because transgender has become such a hot-button um, topic that um, really what he is doing is, is cross-dressing. And so what? Yeah. So it sounds like it's what we would typically call cross dressing, but But have you heard the people refer to as cross dressers much lately? I mean No, it, I haven't. So that that's what kind of struck me as first of all, very very sad. But because um, he's married, I don't know if um so they are married, I don't know if they have children or not. Mm -hmm. But um he was the mayor um they were the mayor of the city. And then um doesn't have many effect on, on what I do as a mayor. I sometimes put on a dress, sometimes put on makeup. Doesn't have anything to do with whatsoever with being the mayor or the pastor. Well, to me, that's as long as he wasn't preaching about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But that's when, you know, they get that hypocrisy. It's like, I right. can't deal with that. And one of his friends, the superintendent of the school system, says he's very angry. He says, I'm very angry and heartbroken. I witnessed a good man be publicly ridiculed and crucified over the last few days to the point where he took his own life, which is very sad. Yeah. So that, so that happened. Yeah, that is sad. It is sad. And, you know. It just felt like he had no way out, nowhere to go. Back into a corner kind of thing. Doesn't say anything about, um their wife or if he had children or anything. And, um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he was a big part of the community. Right. So. Yeah, that, that's a bummer. That made me unhappy.
but then it gets started me to think of why does everything have to go with the trans i think we we use transgender wrong so many times and that's what's really hurtful for people who truly are trying to transition their life and you don't know that they're transitioning it's none of your business you know well, if they present yeah. themselves to you as male, then they're male. If they present themselves to you as female, then they're female. Yeah. Right. It's like, why are we so like, I, I get it if you're a parent and you're kind of wondering about your kid and there's confusion and stuff like that. But like a grown adult, just whatever, man, not your, it's not your problem. Like, why are you so married to fighting this or being mad about it? Like they're an adult, like, if they're not hurting anybody, then why are you so mad? Right. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of confusion with children. I, I get that. And I, even as a parent, I could imagine being very, having a really hard time figuring out what's the right thing to do. I know how, how what's the healthiest thing I can do for my child right now. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway. So what's going on with Bob Menendez? <laughs> he pled not guilty, I think, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, so he's going to see if he can get away with it. But what about his wife and killing him through the hit and run while she was drunk? Oh, yeah. Well, that sort of has nothing to do with his case, but yeah. But yeah. But, but does it because I, he spent a lot of money trying to cover up for her. Right. So where did you get that money? Well, he's... You know, probably exactly. a ranking, so, so, ranking member of Congress, so he probably gets all kinds of stock benefits and things like that. Oh, insider trading? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I am, and it's totally oh, legal. Oh, boy. Because it's not insider trading by the definition of insider trading, but it certainly should be. Yeah. Hmm. So you, everyone knows that Sam Bankman-Fried guy was found guilty by now, right? Yep. So now he'll, he'll be sentenced in March. Yeah, all of his uh, friends kind of turned on him too, but I think they they had to turn state's evidence. They uh, they were they were going to get charged as well. Yeah, this is not something that has crossed your radar. You don't know who I'm talking about. That's the cryptocurrency guy that was running the platform called FTX. He was found guilty of misappropriating billions in investor funds. Um, and also, isn't there still money missing? Yes, of course there's money missing. It's never going to be found. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was found guilty. He's 31 years old. He could face a maximum of 115 years in jail, but that never happens. So we'll see what kind of sentence he gets. Yeah. 31 years old, MIT graduate. Cryptocurrency uh, criminal. Yeah. A lot of people lost big money on that. It's pretty sad for those yeah. people. Yeah. But, you know, be curious to see what sentence he gets. Because um, the pharma dude got, what, about five years or something? How long yeah, did he go he in jail get, for? He didn't get very, uh, it wasn't very long. And I guess he was like a celebrity in jail, too, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> okay. What do you got? 
So a study found that a, a one, this is weird, a study, a 1% reduction in deep sleep annually. So every year you lose another percent of deep sleep after the age of 60, which is linked to an increase in the risk of developing dementia. Weird, huh? So, okay. So you just automatically, I mean, I guess that's, or what if they're just saying if you don't get enough sleep, well, if you I think sleep more. Well, I guess if you can find a way to get that deep sleep back, but they just say that, you know, as you hit 60, you're going to lose 1% of your deep sleep time each year. Okay. What is more heavenly than that deep sleep nap that you get for your 20 minutes? Right. Even. Or, right. Or an hour. Just it's what, actually, sometimes it's too long. That kind of stuff. If it's a nap, it's too, a too long a nap can kind of spoil your day. But, know, but a perfect little 15 minute nap. I mean, come on. That you get that's like deep, deep sleep. So. Does that twenty minutes? Is that is that enough? Is that enough time to get you to deep sleep? I don't know. I, I thought not. I thought that was just this whole cycle and wave, and it takes a while. But I don't know. I, I've never really completely figured out the right sleep states. Have you ever had a nap where you slept so hard and then you woke up and went, "Oh, that was fantastic!" Oh yeah. Are you kidding? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you know that there's um, standalone Costco liquor stores? No, I know. What's that about? Where? Where is that? What states have those? They're um, they're made exclusively to operate around, uh, operate around some of the regional because like some states, kind of yeah, rules. yeah. Canada, uh, independent Costco's in Canada or America. These uh, Costco liquor is a unique phenomenon that only exists. Um, and some of that's county by county, like in yeah. the same state, one county might have a package. Yeah store type law and then two counties over they don't right um so there's gonna be there that's how they're working around some of these uh liquor laws but it's mostly in canada right now hmm. okay. i didn't realize canada had some weird liquor laws yeah yeah they do and you can also drink beer at 18. yeah but this is so that the um and I don't know if that's three percent. That might only be three percent beer, though. I'm not sure. Yeah. And those laws might have changed since last time I looked into it. So, um, Russia. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Putin signed a bill that would. It said, "I don't quite." I mean, this is like it's a step to a step to a step, but he signed a law that would allow the country to exit the 1996, you know, nuclear weapon testing ban. So it hasn't officially left the testing ban, but this law in Russia would, would allow him to decide to do that if he wanted to. Okay, but so so that's the law in Russia. Well, no, no, this is an international law, but I guess they had a... He can't make an international law. No, what I'm saying is, I guess within Russia, he was somehow prohibited from exiting this treaty because it was somehow something beyond his control. And by changing this law in Russia, he can now decide to exit that treaty. You know, that, that gives him the power to exit that treaty, as my understanding of what this means. Uh, but whereas before, there was some law that would prevent him, I guess, maybe single-handedly without some kind of a, you know, body that agreed with him to first, do it. But now he can do it, you know, by himself. So he can exit You don't treaty. think he's already doing it? I mean... Eh, I we have a lot. He might be, but we have a lot of... Um, you know, detectors. I would probably notice if somebody was blown up. Uh, 
nuclear bombs. But if he does exit that treaty, we could go back to that whole testing space again and like go back into like head back towards the sixties Cold War. You don't think we're already heading back towards that? Well, I mean, you look at some of the stuff going on. It's definitely like the the it's, we're not there, but it's certainly mm, we're lot, pretty much there. There's a lot of you know complication between China and Russia, right? I mean, China will follow kind of Russia's suit on this, probably, right? So if, if Russia wins in Ukraine, China might give up Taiwan. If if Russia pulls out of this nuclear treaty and uh, starts doing nuclear testing, then China might go along with that too. You know, we got bunch of countries doing nuclear testing that you know haven't been for you know 25 years yeah so yeah not a good direction but i mean russia does whatever they want whenever they want right well i mean they try i mean they try <laughs> but they're, they're 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 somewhat controlled by by uh nato and so on so you know but they get away with quite a bit. So I don't a, know if you notice, like in, in our where we live, there a lot of coyotes are becoming more and more. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen more, but people, I've certainly seen a lot of people talking about it. And I've seen a lot of pictures of them. Yeah, and we hear them all the time. So this picture is from is. Oh, I heard about this. Also in San Francisco. Oh, that was in San Francisco because I heard proper. And I heard about, I heard like the cop was trying to shoot the, yeah. the coyote off the couch. Yeah. Coyote's just laying on an outdoor couch in San Francisco. Yeah, you know, getting some sun. Well, you know, why not? But, yeah. So, why now? I don't know. Does anyone have a theory? Did you read anything, anybody no. about why they have a theory about why now? Nope, but do you think um, it'll help with the uh, rodent population? Um maybe i mean or the house cat population well that's the bad part it's little dogs and house cats are probably the target people are most worried about and you know and those coyotes like people first they can get a lot bigger than you think like a lot of them aren't that big but they can get pretty big and like they, they can be pretty big like they're not wolf big but they're close i yeah. mean they're pretty big a good sized german shepherd the larger ones can be that big and it's, it's like surprising when you see a, a coyote that big. It's like, wow, I thought they were way smaller than that, you know, but they can get pretty big. And also when they're in a group, I mean, they're pretty formidable and intimidating. But it's, so they're pack animals, but they really don't travel in packs. You usually don't see a bunch of coyotes together. You sometimes do though. Yeah. yeah, often you don't, you see them single, but but they will, they will hunt in packs. Um, even if it's Mostly like- at night though. Oh, yeah, mostly at night, yeah. But, you know, and, and I don't think that's like they're always that pack, but, like, they get together and say, well, we're going to take down this larger animal together. And they're really smart. I mean, they're super smart. And they really know how to, you know, kind of encircle them and, and, and group attack them. They're, they're really smart. Yeah, they are. And they can take down a pretty good-sized animal in a group like that. Where we live, we hear, we hear them almost, especially in the fall. I think we hear them almost every night. Yeah. And often you hear a big kill when there's definitely when they're really hooting and hollering, you know they got a big kill. Yeah, I think it is it those cows back there? Or you think it's deer? It probably I mean yeah, they can take a cow down for sure. Or but maybe it's more, more likely a calf. Oh yeah, definitely more than one. And when you're hearing that all that hooting and holler, that's more than one. 
That's yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, deer would probably. I love how you call it hooting and hollering. <laughs> and that's pretty much what they're doing. Right. What else are you going to call it? Are they at a hooting any? No. I don't <laughs> think so. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the story on why they're why suddenly we're seeing a lot more coyote. I mean, obviously, they're being very successful. You know, I mean, they've they're getting very comfortable with people. Of, also, I think they've probably pushed out a lot of their competitors, right? So they're, they're winning. The coyotes are winning. Coyotes are winning. Mm. Maybe. I'm not sure. Well, when you leave comfortable furniture outside, I guess. Yeah. So did you see that Disney is going to take control, full control of Hulu? Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, so you know, Hulu's always been weird, right? Because it was initially like NBC or whatever, and these other companies were in it, and it was going to be free cable TV and be the cable companies. You know, it's like it was, that never happened. No. And they all had like a stake in it, and it was going to be the new streaming forever. I mean, new TV forever. Right. And it like didn't. That's not the direction it went in. Okay. Over time. So what's Disney going to do? Well, that's what I mean. I don't know what Disney's going to do, but they're buying. They're they're buying. They bought the laps of the of, of it from Comcast. So. Oh, Comcast owned Hulu? Yeah. Well, okay. they own the if, last part that was left that Disney didn't own. Because Disney, I guess, has been buying out all the other players. Because remember, it was NBC and a few others at first. And Comcast is NBC, right? So if Comcast couldn't make a streaming company work. Comcast and some of the biggest players in the industry. Network TV. Yeah, network TV. Yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> Really, really, Comcast, you couldn't make that work. <laughs> you couldn't make that work. Right. Oh, boy. Right. I mean, I don't, someone has to sort of probably educate me on this history of Hulu, but it seems like, because I don't know all the details, but it, yeah, it seems like it just, just went haywire pretty hard several times over its history because it's had several bumps along the way. Oh, Players, boy. you know, pulling out and not thinking it didn't, wasn't for them kind of thing. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, so I got to look into this um, sleep thing. So I got to figure out, is there a way to counteract that, right? Are you just stuck with it, or is there a way you can counteract it in some way? I know, that's what I'm saying, 60? Get that, take that nap. So did you, I, I know we've actually talked about this a little bit, about the most expensive cities in the U.S. Mm -hmm. to live. Yeah, well, I know we talked about it before, so what are... What? So 11... Um, of the 25 are in California. 11 of the 25? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's a lot. And only 7 of the 25 cities have 4 true seasons. What? Yeah. Well, I don't Most like have small annual temperature swings. Okay, now, so they're, they're temperate. I, and this is the thing that you and I and some friends were talking about, is that um, no snow, no, we live in areas where we, the temperature stays pretty. I mean, we have hot summers and our cold winters are 50. That's a cold, that's a cold day. Well, it does get into the forties and sometimes the thirties. At night? Yeah, at night. No, but during well, the day. Well, in the mornings. And, yeah. So we already know number one is San Diego. Is it? Yeah, and their winter average temperature. Wait, let me guess. Yeah. Winter average is 51. 65. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow, 
Okay. Spring average temperature. 68. I mean, it's not going to be very different. 60, 67. 67. Summer yeah. average temperature. I want to say 73. 74. Okay. Good. And fall is. So their average temperature, the high is 74 and the low is 65. That is not a big swing. That is not a big swing. So actually, it's been cooler than normal lately there. Number two, Los Angeles, where their winter average temperature. And what was the, the title of this, these cities again? The most, the best These are the most live. expensive most places expensive. to live. So San Diego is now top, top. most expensive. And LA is second. second. Wow, so LA beats the Bay Area now. Yeah. Okay. And their winter is 64. Point six average. Summer is ninety three. Seventy three point three, and I think that's talking I'm, about the beach. Yeah, I'm curious what part of LA they're talking about. And number three, <laughs> number three is Honolulu. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So, and they're they're in all eighties. It's all eighties. Winter's eighty. Right. Summer's eighty eight. <laughs> yeah. So, I wonder if they're talking about overall total cost of living or are they just talking about housing co costs they um okay what they took into consideration um is i gotta go back here a little bit um they looked at the median gross rent and annual housing cost for mortgage paying homeowners across the metro areas the numbers of renters versus the owners cost include utilities tax and goods Number crunchers compared those numbers to the national average, the average annual income levels to award these value scores. So number three is Honolulu. Number four is Miami, um, where their low, their their winter low is seven uh, seventy seven. Their summer high is ninety. Number five is Santa Barbara. Their winter is 64. Ooh, it's chilly. Yeah, that's pretty cold. <laughs> Number six is San Francisco. And that's cold in the summer. Yeah. So yeah. they're... That's going to be pretty moderate. But their winter, they say that their winter is uh, 57. Okay, and the summer is... 72. That's warm. Okay. Yeah. Then Salinas, California is number seven. Salinas, California is number seven? Yep. So that's higher than like Monterey? Let's see. That's what it says. Higher than Carmel? Cool onshore coastal breezes push fresh Pacific air from the coast to the uh, inland areas. I don't areas. buy that. How can Salinas be higher than Monterey and Seaside and, and Carmel? I'm confused. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Don't be sorry. I'm confused by that one. <laughs> Salinas promotes itself as the salad bowl of the world. What does that even mean? Because of the farming business. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right. Lettuce, okay. tomatoes, peppers, strawberries, broccoli, grapes. Oh, I get it. Okay, that makes and sense. flowers. The region's high cost of living is mainly driven by real estate prices, which are about twice the natural national medium home sale price. I think this is new. We should, where was this? Um, particularly compared to nearby coastal towns, Monterey, Pacific Groves, and Carmel. That's weird. How can yeah. Salinas be more than those places? Well, okay, you want to know what number eight is? This is going to blow you away. Is it still a California place? Yeah. Wow. So the, has the whole top been California No, so we far? have Miami and uh, Honolulu. Oh, right. Honolulu was in there. And Miami. You're not going to guess this ever. No, what is it? Santa Rosa. No way. 
Summers really? in Santa Rosa are hot and dry, while winters are cool, gray, and wet. I'm still foggy confused by this list. I'm blown. I know. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Yep. Um, and this is... Uh, so these are the most expensive places to live. In the U.S. And number nine is San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay, interesting. I didn't know it was that high. high. I didn't know it was expensive to live there. I didn't know either. But, man, talk about um, temperate uh, weather. Their average winter um, highs are 83.6 degrees, and their summer highs are 89 degrees. Hmm. That's the same. What? Oh, my gosh. This I'm going to call total BS on this list. Number 10 is Fairfield, California. What? Fairfield and Vallejo share the same climate classification as San Diego, defined by warm, dry summer days and cool nights. Winters are mild to cool. And windy. Don't forget windy. Uh, Fairfield and Vallejo have become the great escape for San Franciscans and other Bay Area residents fleeing the high cost of living. Well, you're now just telling us, though, it's the right, high, high right. cost. Right, it's one of so the highest in the country. So, I, so yeah. is that what's pushed it up to be so high? Maybe. I, I'm confused, but okay. Okay, number 11 is New York. Why is so New, New York, York is lower, lower than, than Fairfield, Fairfield. <laughs> and freaking um, Salinas? That's, I'm not buying this list. I'm yeah, calling, this BS. List, this I'm calling list, BS on this list. This list is very odd. Very so, odd. So far, three of these top ones have been outside California, right? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But most of these, like, they don't have very... Um, People don't do not like the seasons. Well, yeah, but also there was no Silicon Valley, and I know those. I know because it, they said that Sarah, that if um, Salinas is compared to the Silicon Valley, people. The thing is, is that people went to Salinas because they couldn't afford Silicon Valley, and now Salinas is higher. Higher. All right, what's the first Silicon Valley town on this list? I'm read. I read through the list, David. We didn't get all the way through, did we? How far did we go? Um, it only shows out of the 25, it only showed me. Oh, like the top 15 uh, or something, 10 or 15. Top 11, it went to New York. Oh, okay. See, where's page two? Yeah, it needs a page two. Yeah, it needs a page two. It's probably somewhere. Well, so now I'm going to have to try to follow up and like, what can you do to counteract this sleep thing? Because that was driving me crazy. Okay, so we're, you, you're stuck with the sleep thing? I, well, I'm, I can't do anything more about it tonight. But I'm, I you're not going to get any sleep now that you know I, that Fairfield's not, the most I'm expensive not place to live. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and more expensive than New York. Salinas is more expensive than New York. That, that I'm, I'm just not buying it. That doesn't make any sense. Uh So the FDA... Yeah. It has an advisory committee to meet to review the first application using CRISPR gene editing uh, to treat severe sickle cell disease. It some in some ways it surprised me that CRISPR is still a thing. Because um CRISPR's been around a long, long time. time. Well, and it's been, you know, tried in other countries, but it hasn't been brought to the FDA here yet, as far as I know. Yeah, it just, it's, it's really surprises me. So I'd be curious, this, the FDA has to come back with the recommendation by December 8th, which the recommendation might be we need more time. I don't know. 
but uh interesting i mean it's yeah. interesting to see how that i'm interested to see how that plays out so many ethical questions with crispr yeah there really are yeah i mean if you could edit out you know your kid before they're born would you do it edit some of these diseases out well it wasn't really a thought before so but i mean I if know. that comes to pass that you had options i, I we are way past that window. We I know, have to make I mean, that decision. I, I, I mean, I don't mean you specifically, but I mean someone. If one has to make that decision, how do you make that decision? I don't know how you make that decision. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I think that, um, I don't know. Somebody who's having kids, I would like to ask them that question. Because, mm -hmm. of course, you want the best for your kids. So do you know why Swiss cheese has holes in it? They're gas bubbles, aren't they? Yeah, because of some kind of uh, bacteria. bacteria they use, yeah. Which no other cheese, I guess, uses. Hey, by the way, did you know? Nice that, job. Did you know that I knew that? I did not. That's pretty awesome. Well, you're the cook, so you would know that kind of thing. You're the cook? I don't make cheese. No, but I'm just saying you're like the chef who knows all this kind of stuff. So uh, did you see that Jeff, Jeff Bezos is trying to make a big deal about moving to Miami? Yep. What's that about? Just, is it just a, a snub on Seattle or what? Yeah, it is. Because they didn't give him enough tax breaks. He's pretty. He's pretty right wing, isn't he? Well, no. He's supposed. Well, no. He was. You know, the the liberals thought after he bought the Washington Post, he was going to be like, you know, this great power for the left, kind of like almost like a super PAC for the left. You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it didn't exactly turn out. I mean, obviously, I mean, a lot of people would say the Washington Post leans left, but he hasn't really been that big of an influence in, in that, you know, turning it into a, not only the Washington Post, but I mean, making that even some something bigger, like a whole left-wing pack, you know, that was going to make the country left-wing somehow, mm -hmm. or at least, you know, create this messaging. So, no, he, he leans left, at least according to what experts say, but... You know, obviously, when you're that rich, you're going to put money in both buckets. I mean, you, I guarantee you he's donating to Republicans. Of course they do. Of course they <laughs> do. Just like, like people always talk about George Soros. George, George Soros donates to so many Republicans. He really does. Like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, all these Republicans take money from George Soros. That was actually going to be something on my list. I saw someone recently published a list like that. Here's the 40-something Republicans that take you know, big money from George Soros. So all this talk that George Soros is only left, like they, they put money in both buckets because they know, you know, they, they, they know, you know, how to make the wheels, you know, to grease those wheels, right? So they're greasing the wheels on both sides. That's why you, you pay for school for all your kids or you um, give all your kid you give all your kids that opportunity, you know, treat them all the same because you never know what kid's going right. to take care of you. <laughs> right. Right. have to put you in the home. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket. No. 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 So, I don't know. Bezos, to me, is um, a little... Um, um, he's a little bit of a... Is he... He's, uh, okay, so we already know that um, Musk is pretty neurodivergent. Correct? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yes. He's even he's even admitted it. He's he's actually come out and said that he was neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. um, but don't we think Bezos is a little neurodivergent himself? Um, 
probably. I mean, I don't know. So I should have asked her. Well, sorry, we're not done with this one yet, but we will. That's the next okay. One. But yeah. So. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of weird that Bezos is making this big show yeah. about his moving to Miami. It's kind of like most of this the big thing about moving his plant to Texas and stuff. Yeah. Did he actually do it? I don't know if he ever even really did it. I, as far as I know, you drive by the freeway, that plant's still there. So. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> and and we live in a place where there are so many Teslas. So oh, God, many so many. Teslas. Yeah, I, I bet there is. You know, we're seeing them in more places. Too. There's a lot of Teslas here where, where we are now. Um, That's one of the most expensive places in the world. Yeah. Well, actually, the U.S., not in the world. Right. Yeah, that's true, the U.S. But, but yeah, they, as far as I know, they're still being made down the freeway from us. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a big show. It was another big show. So, did you see that? California banned four chemicals in foods. Um, is it the red Skittle dye? Well, like Did red that dye actually happen? Red dye number three, yeah. As, Which has been, been around like forever, I but thought. But that's also been a problem forever, red dye number three. I thought it, I, I thought so too. Or was it a different red might dye? Might have been a red dye number something else. Number two? Yeah, number two. <laughs> or number four. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're not up to number four. We're gonna have to get to number four now because number three's gone. Yeah, you're probably right. It was a different red dye that got problem four. But like, I'm curious to, to to talk to my son about these and see how bad they really are. Potassium bromate is another one of the four, mm -hmm. and bromine. What's it? What's in what? What is potassium bromate in? What do you mean? I think they use it in a lot of things. Well, we know that. Well, okay. So, what's it used for? I think it's... Is it a preservative? I think is it's it, a preservative. Is it a flavoring? Is it a coloring? Is it... I think it's a preservative. Okay. Potassium bromide, that sounds like it probably is a preservative. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to get... We've got to get the uh, kid involved in this one. Yeah, we, we need to bring in some experts on this. Yeah, because I was just curious. I know these have been talked about for a long time as having... You know, health effects, adverse health so effects. So they're being banned in California. Right. Yes, the state. So how California. does that work? Well, other states might follow. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time that. So uh, brominated vegetable oil, which is another one, is, a, is an emulsifier in citrus drinks. And potassium back bromate. Up, back up, back up. Oh, potassium bromate helps bread rise. Okay. But it's been linked to cancer in lab animals. Oh, is that the one that was in the subway rolls too? Because isn't it the same thing that's in uh, uh, rubber to make those to make rubber kind of spongy? I'm not sure. I think it's the same thing. That's um, uh, potassium bromate's this thing that makes bread rice, but it also makes like like yoga mats spongy. Maybe. And it's in, um, it was one of the things that was in Subway bread. But I thought Subway took it out. But Yeah, so that one, that one is that. And then brominated vegetable oil, that's an emulsifier for citrus drinks. Okay, back up. What, citrus, what do you mean an emulsifier for citrus so, it, so that they don't separate? Yeah, I guess so. Vegetable oil? Yeah, it's a type of vegetable oil. Or it's been modified. So that, it's caused that means it's a fat. 
yeah, it's been shown to have behavioral and reproductive issues in lab animals. Okay. And then propyl paraben, okay. which is a um, preservative, is believed to mimic estrogen, potentially acting as an endocrine disruptor. Oh, interesting. What's it in? Well, probably a lot of things. I don't know specifically, but it's been banned now. In California. In California, yeah. So, I get, yeah. So, I mean, to some extent, if they have to make that food without it, they probably will make that food without it everywhere at this point. I mean, you probably won't make a special California version. I don't know. Maybe you will. I don't know. Um. Well, I mean, Coca-Cola makes special versions you can get in certain uh, parts of the country. Well, definitely in certain parts of the world, but that's because mm -hmm. there's all kinds of different rules throughout the world but and also it's taste different tastes yes they also do it yes. for that because different peoples have gotten used to different versions of it and they like it better so yeah i saw that so i don't know see what see how that plays out yeah i i'm, I'm interested yeah we'll have to uh, bring our expert on board for that <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a call in yeah we'll get a call in going for that right and then say what other uh Chemicals do you think need to be uh, banned? Oh, I'm sure he's got a long list. Yeah. We could have chemical of the month. So remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about the pig heart transplant. Yes. Well, the second patient to receive a pig heart transplant has died six weeks after the procedure because the body abruptly rejected the organ after weeks of recovery. They're still looking into the whole thing. Um, so the, you know, when you have a transplant of any type, uh, you know, human to human transplant, there's always chances of that, uh, organ being rejected by your body. Right. And you take all kinds of, um, medications to keep your body from rejecting your new organs. Right. And some of it is like drops your immunity, right? Yes. So... What kind of medication would you have to check to take to stop your body from rejecting a uh, foreign organ? I'm what? going to say foreign organ because it's not a same species organ. Right. I mean, I think they're, you know, they're sort of looking at it. They thought it would be similar because it's, I guess it's close enough or so close that, you know, they thought it would be similar to a human heart. Why is a pig heart closer than a chimpanzee's heart? Because evolution's weird, <laughs> and genetics are weird. Genetics are so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, roughly 100,000 Americans are on organ transplant wait list. That's a lot. Most are waiting for a kidney. And and kidneys, that should, the kidneys. I know, it seems like. Seems like. Sort of almost routine i mean i don't want to say it like i don't want to say it actually is routine but you know what i mean it's like it seems like those happen a lot right so yeah but it also seems like you could get a kidney you know if it's a you can get a kidney from a family member would you give me your kidney yeah you know we'll see <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the first patient received his heart in January and died two months later. 
And, and they say that was mostly because he was so weak when he got the transplant that the chances were pretty low well, already. That's, okay, that's what they say. That's what they say, exactly, All yeah. Right. And the second guy. And I, yeah, I so said, the second uh, guy, they're still looking at it. So how many other people have had fake transplants? Those are the only two, I guess. I well, think. I, I think that the, I think that this uh, you need to go back to the drawing board because you've done two and they haven't gotten past two months. Well, and I think it's another one of these situations where it's the most desperate patients who will agree to it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the second guy, I think he was close to just absolute total failure, and that's what you know. So he had that as an option. But yeah. he wasn't on the, wasn't ready to come off the wait list or anything else. So it's probably also, and that's a part of it, a problem with this too, is that you're putting them in the most vulnerable people right off the bat. So you're saying that if they said, oh, maybe someday you're going to need a heart transplant, the minute you show signs, we're going to put pick hearts in you right away. I don't know. Not, even, not a, even wait for a human heart. I'm, I'm saying maybe if later so it how works many, better. What's the longest living human heart transplant? Well, pretty long, I think. I'm not sure. I mean, look, want me to Google that? <laughs> pretty <laughs> long, worth, I think. It's worth a Google. I think pretty long. I think some some people have lived pretty long from a human heart transplant. I know kidney. Like up until like sort of just a normal old age death. You know what I mean? Like, huh? But apparently, that these they couldn't um, find human hearts for these people, so they got. Pick hearts at the last possible second. Yeah, that's what that's kind of the way I understand it. Let's see if I get yeah. an answer to this I, question. I don't, I don't know if I like this. The pig heart thing? Yeah. Well, they've been working on it like for a long time. I like, know. So this patient, I guess, is the longest one they that they're saying was. Uh, he lived for 35 years, almost 35 years. Like he was only um, like six days from 35 years after receiving his transplant. So how old was he when he passed? Uh, he was born in 1952. He died in 1986. So how old was he when he passed? <laughs> Carried the three. 30, he was only, wait, he would only be 30. No. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he was only like 34? But wait, there has to be... Oh, yeah. No, he lived for 34 years. Okay. Yeah, you but, said... Um, but then he got so he get, got the transplant when he was a kid? Is that possible? Maybe. Maybe. He lived for 34 years with the new heart, right? Yeah. So maybe he was... Uh, so there, no, he couldn't have... So you... Somewhere the numbers don't Somewhere the numbers jive. don't quite jive, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, so possibly 30 years, 20 years. Oh, okay. They say that the gold standard, it's the gold standard, new says that they're living for 15 to 20 years after a heart transplant is becoming the rule rather than the exception. Okay. But, I mean, these are often people that already had in-stage heart failure, so it right. gave them an extra 15 or 20 years. Yeah. Oh, and I'm assuming quality years. Well, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, you're sort of hoping there's quality years there. Because you don't know, you know, like if your heart's going, is anything else going hey, too? Hey, medical, they can keep you alive on machines. I know. 
and medications and stuff, but the quality of life isn't always. I don't really call a lot of that living. Right. But you know me, I'm I'm pretty hardcore about that. There have also <laughs> been people who've been on ventilators and breathing machines and tubes for a very long time, and then somehow miraculously, their body kind of wakes up and. I mean, very few. I'm not going to say that it's like a whole bunch, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. I guess I have one last thing on okay. my list, I, and it's another medical thing. So I guess they they've shown that they can put put these nanoparticles in your um, spinal fluid, and tr and it puts drugs right into your brain cancer. So they basically put chemotherapy into your um, spinal cord and it delivers it directly to your brain, your brain tumors. That's what this is saying. Yeah. Interesting. So does that keep it out of your bloodstream? You can't, everything goes in your bloodstream. I would think if it's in your spinal fluid, but I guess that's better than radiation because then it puts you directly. Uh, cause if you do radiation or, Traditional chemo that kind of blasts everything. So interesting. They put it directly to the uh, to the highway, directly to the tumor. Well, and I guess these nanoparticles like stick to the tumor in some way. And that that, that they and then they can like time release the drugs all the time because this was the problem. Who invents this stuff? Yeah, I know. People who are a lot smarter than we are. Yeah, and good with these machines that can figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. It's like a, it's there's engineering and you know re science research in it. You know, like there's both those things going on. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy good. That's that's great news. But I think this is a little bit more than uh, chemo because it's also what they call a PARP inhibitor, which helps repair the DNA. Yeah. So I think it's maybe got less of the bad side effects of traditional chemotherapy. That's great news. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how far along this is exactly. It sounds like this is pretty early stuff. But, uh, I mean, it looks like they think it's promising. So I guess we'll see when this kind of thing um, could, could be applied in real life. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm sure it's a long ways away because they have to do a lot more human. They have to do human testing, and but they think if it works for this, it could potentially um, treat other cancers too. Particularly, but they're particularly looking at cancers that spread around the brain, which are difficult to treat typically. Yeah. So. Any other outrages? I mean, there's a lot of outrages. But there's a lot bad. of outrage. Um, I've uh, avoided. I've. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I've I've listened to a little bit of the trials, but that's just an that's just annoying. I wish they had. Um, I wish they could televise more of them. I know. So I think then you could get you know, a full picture of what's happening as opposed to all these reports after the fact well, I think that then the, get to spin it however they want. I think it's confusing to the public that it's a trial and that um, 
Are you talking about the civil one? Yeah. 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 And be, this is be, the fraud trial. Yeah, but they think that this is uh, they're going to be found guilty or innocent. They've already been found guilty. Well, they've been found, yeah, what they call liable, which is in civil, essentially. What this guilty. is guilty, right? Yeah. Right, so, but they still. I think there's still some things that are out open. They're, they found guilty or liable for X things related to fraud. But I think there's still a couple things they have to decide at the end whether they're, they're liable on those. I can't remember exactly what's outstanding. I think there are a few things still outstanding. But yeah, a bunch of it, the majority of it has already been. Are they gonna lose decided. all they're gonna lose all licenses to maybe. I mean the whole thing is like, will anything ever really happen? But yeah, they could lose some their license to operate in New York. They also could go into receivership so they wouldn't wouldn't actually control those businesses. Plus, I mean there's a lot of talk that if you had, say, a two hundred and fifty million dollar fine. He doesn't actually have $250 million, right? He would have to actually sell some stuff. He doesn't have $250 million. He's a billionaire, David. Yeah. That's part of what this case is about. But, so, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. These are just what people are saying. So, I guess we sort of get to see. But, you know, and of course, I imagine it'll appeal, you know, anyway. So, then who knows how long that will take to happen. And almost always after appeal, the judgment gets reduced. I mean, it almost always happens. So, whatever... This judgment is it'll probably be smaller when he finally has to pay it so and what it'll be two years for it to go on appeal i don't know i mean the justice system is slow i know i know so it's but not like he, he's gonna have to write a check next and this week. isn't anything that he could if he was to get back in office this is nothing that he could pardon himself from no this is a state and it's not it's civil and it's also not him it's his company yeah it's the organization right but if you read the transcripts on what the way those some of those uh those two boys have answered i call them boys those uh his sons have answered the questions like you don't even you don't even know what you're talking about well, it'll be interesting if some of those I don't know answers could turn into perjury. I mean, perjury isn't often prosecuted because it's just often not worth the trouble. But you know, it's clear they do know. Like I, I didn't know. Oh, give me a break! You totally knew. But you know, often that's never pursued, so you can get away with saying that. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. We've been waiting a long time, but we'll wait and see. Well, it's it's probably the case that, in some sense, he's pretty mad about because, you know, hurting his business is like, you know, something that really he's not Nobody happy about. Nobody can hurt his business more than he has hurt his business. Yeah, I suppose, but he's not going to be thrilled about paying that fine. Nobody pays a fine, does he? Well, especially when you're that rich. Like, they always seem to find a way to not have to pay it. Or like I say, it'll be greatly reduced probably after appeal. Yeah. It almost always are. I mean, they go from like a hundred million down to like thirteen million. I mean, it's just for some reason they appeal it and it gets way cut back if it doesn't get thrown out entirely. So yeah, it's going to be a while before this is actually settled out. But it'll be curious to see what this initial judgment is. But I've seen people say, "Oh yeah, Trump's going to jail." Not for this. He's not. This is a civil case. He's not going to jail unless they do decide to charge him for perjury or something.
Nobody's going to jail. Nobody's going to jail. No, no one's going to jail. It's just a matter that... I mean, Weiselberg already went to jail. Right. He went to Rikers. Right. What was that like, I wonder? Yeah. For his, at his age, you go to Rikers. So That's it's, not white-collar prison. That's like real prison. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. He, he did that. That's, that's loyalty, man. Well, thank you for another week. Yeah. Um, like we didn't think we were going to get this uh, fit in, but I guess we did. Yeah, we didn't do it on our new set time, but we, uh, we just did it for fun. So, yeah, we got a few things out there off our chest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so sad about that guy. The first guy that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is pretty sad. Okay. I mean, it's too bad we have a society that like puts that kind of pressure on people. Yes. So yeah, so next week, next Sunday night, um, Pacific time, four thirty p.m. Pacific Eastern. Standard Time. Next next week it'll be Pacific. Well, it is now Pacific I Standard know. Time, and then uh, so Eastern Time that'll be seven thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be the middle of the night. European time. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll go live at that time next week. Um, um, looks like we got a few folks jumped on. I really appreciate folks coming on. We got Mary Kay. We got Parik. Parik? Patrick. Okay, I can't pronounce that right, probably. Daniel, Mary Ann. Her Majesty, Abby, uh, Mojo. Dr. Robert James Goodman. I love him. Wandering Fool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks for joining in. And we will see you next week, Sunday night, 4.30 p.m., 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Good night. Good night, everybody. Love you. Love you. Mm-hmm.